0: Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter 2. Hebrews and chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. And look there in verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him. Now, one thing I want you to kind of catch down through these words. You see, uh, when it makes the statement in verse 2, for if the word... Spoken. The word spoken. And then when it says in verse 3. Where it makes the the statement. To be spoken by the Lord. And then the last part of that verse. Confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So when the law was given to Moses. And they heard the law. Ministered by angels. They trembled and they were scared because of the voice of God that thundered out from that mountain and the lightnings and all that stuff. You ought to read about that in the 12th chapter of Hebrews. Scared the people to death. And they said, Don't talk straight to us, talk to Moses and let Moses talk to us. Because they didn't want to hear the word of God straight from God. Talk to Moses. So all the things that happened and some of the miraculous things was to confirm the word that God spoke even to Moses. And God had to confirm to old Pharaoh that the word that he had given, uh, he meant it. And so he was able to do many miracles. When Christ came into the world, the Bible says that the word was confirmed by the things that he was able to do. Believe me for the works' sake. Chapter 10 of the book of John. So he preached the word, but people have a problem believing what God said. It didn't make it difference if it was Moses or if it was Christ himself. Now, when we get to the study of the book of Acts, we call it the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And here we have the Holy Spirit coming into the world as a result of the promise that God had made to his disciples, to the Lord, when he said, I will ask the Father, and he shall send the Holy Spirit. So now the Holy Spirit is coming, and lo and behold, here we got these signs and miracles all over again. The Holy Spirit has come into the world. And when the Holy Spirit comes into the world, well, why did he come? Why is the signs and the miracles and all these things? To confirm the word. It never changed. The purpose. So he says here in verse 2, If the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience receiveth a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we believers neglect so great salvation? See, what God has placed into our hands, the knowledge of how to have eternal life, this word, this gospel that we are to preach, how can they hear Without a preacher, somebody that tells people how to have eternal life. So that's why when you have heard and received the word, you are to proclaim the word, and God expects all of his children to be found faithful and to do that very thing. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. Well, you don't have to be. You don't have to be the pastor to tell the most important message in the world. Anybody can do it. The power is in that message. You ought to let it loose and see what can happen. But God will bless the person who is a blessing to that message. There's power in the gospel. But here it makes a statement in verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So the purpose of their ability to speak in these languages or all these miracles was to confirm the word. Now take your Bible and turn all the way over there to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 16. you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And look there in Mark chapter 16. And you'll notice in this verse, this is really used and twisted a lot, but I hope that I can explain this to you. In verse 15 in chapter 16, it makes a statement in the book of Mark. It's on page 1069. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gossip Go in all the world and preach the gospel to every preacher. Wouldn't it be neat if every preacher did understand the gospel? But go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, see that word signs. Signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils and they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Uh, when's the last time you tried any of all of that? Tried drinking any poison lately? Tried any rattlesnake dancing lately? I mean, um, what, what what else can you do here? Look at all these things. Golly. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Whew. You see what are you going to do with all of that? No problem. I'm just going to get me some scissors. I'm just going to cut that right out of my Bible. And then I'll have to worry about it. Is it in the Bible? It's in the Bible. So there must be an explanation because um, I'll have to be honest with you. I haven't drank any poison lately. And I haven't done a lot of things that's mentioned right here. But now notice, this is what Jesus told his disciples. And so... Um, He was talking, you know, to his disciples. So he says in verse 19, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, that's past tense, he was received up into heaven, we read about that last week, and that's past tense, and sat on the right hand of God, that's past tense, they, the ones he told, they went, that's past tense, and They preached everywhere, that's past tense. The Lord working with them and confirming the what? The Word. Confirming the Word with signs following the Word. So they were told to go and to preach the gospel and the ones that he told by the time Mark was written, They had already done what he told them to do when this was written. So when this was written, they had already filled. Now, see, God didn't tell us to do all of this, and this was going to be us. This was to them. And they went, and they preached, and they healed, and they did this, and they did that, and they did. And whenever you read in the book of Hebrews, there in chapter 2, it says, and they went, and they preached, and all these miracles confirming the word. See, it didn't say that you and I would be able to do that. I guarantee you, if there's some arsenic up here and you drink it, you might get sick or dead. I wouldn't recommend it. I would not tempt the Lord thy God. So, understanding that the miracles and signs were to confirm the word. They did not have the complete word of God like you and I have. They weren't able to say, hey, did you read the book of Romans? Did you read the book of Acts? Did you see over in the book of Ephesians where it says, or the book of Galatians? Have you read the book of Revelation? The New Testament wasn't done yet. They didn't have the word. And so when Christ came, he did those miracles to confirm the word. And the Holy Spirit came to confirm the word. Now go there to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Those are just my preliminary remarks introductory, because after all, you know, this is very interesting scripture, and if you don't really understand it, you'll think that, that uh, you know, the preacher, he's afraid to get into those scriptures because he really doesn't know how to explain it, or you'll hear somebody saying, going and you'll think, hey, I haven't done that, and you say, well, I just want to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I have no desire to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost because it happened 51 years ago. When I trusted Christ as my Savior, I was baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. I didn't feel anything. I didn't jump, shout, hoop, and holler, kick my heels together. No lightning bolts, no strikes, no thunder rolling, no feels, and no chills. It was a dud. But I had trusted Christ as my Savior, and I knew I had eternal life. And the Bible says that I was baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. Christ is the baptizer. He says, John truly baptized with water, but he shall baptize you. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so that's something that you never have to seek. There's not one verse in the Bible that commands you and I to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. There isn't one. So to be baptized by the Holy Spirit is automatic. To be sealed by the Holy Spirit is automatic. To be indwelt by the Holy Spirit is automatic. For everyone born by the Spirit of God. There is a command to be filled with the Spirit in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. That means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So here, these people were not only baptized by the Holy Spirit, but they were filled Or controlled by the Holy Spirit and they were able to speak in languages that they did not have to learn it was not a gift of hearing it was a gift of speaking it was a gift of tongues so now turn in your Bible to the book of Acts in chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost was fully come 50 days they were all with one accord in one place suddenly there came a rushing wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, not tongues of fire, tongues as of fire, sat upon each of them, that means that cloven tongues, it means that it would come and then split and then split and then go and then split and split, until all of them there had the ability to speak in language. And get what he says. And verse 4, and they were all filled, controlled by the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues or another language. A language that was not theirs. Being able to speak in another language that you didn't have to learn. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem who? Gentile believers? No. These were Jews. Remember? These are for a sign. And the signs were for God's people. And that was the nation of Israel. The Jews and most cases, using believers to reach the unbelievers, so that it would confirm the word that they said. And so he says here in verse 5, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout women. No. You see, when I misread it, it kind of points it out a little bit stronger, doesn't it? Devout men. You took the t- women out of the tongues movement today, and it would die. You say, well, I know people that have spoken in tongues. No, you don't. Not Bible tongues. Nobody does it today. Nobody. Now, if you want to speak in tongues, you're going to have to go and learn a language. I've often thought, man, I'd love to be able to speak Spanish. I mentioned that to somebody and said, you ought to learn English. I took offense to that. But it says in verse five, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that get to every man heard them speak in his own. La- they heard them in their own language, and they were all amazed and marvelled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these men which speak Galilean? Notice it didn't say all these women which be all these that speak are Galileans, and how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? So there's nothing unknown here. If there's an unknown language, and a language is unknown, then it's not a language. If nobody knows it, what makes it a language? So you go from verse 9, and it mentions all these various places. You get down to verse 11, it says, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongue, our language. And listen, they even knew what they were saying. They heard and they understood what they were saying. And it says they w- heard the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, adding to one another, or saying to one another, "What mean is this?" Others mocking says, "These men are full of new wine." Because if you walked in and you heard all these people speaking in various languages, it sounded like a bunch of drunk people, until you can hone it down and hear one and one and one and one, but you listen to all of them, and it will sound like somebody's drunk. But God had given them the ability to speak in the language of the people that came from these various countries. God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Did you know on the day of Pentecost, God made it available where all these people who come to the Passover there in Jerusalem were able to stand there and hear the gospel or the wonderful works of God and what had taken place. But you know, I don't know if anyone got saved because they spoke in tongues. Though the purpose was for soul winning, God still had to use a man. And it was after Peter got up and preached the gospel, 3,000 of them got saved. So you see, you can walk on water and not lead people to the Lord. And you could, uh, maybe you could make the blind to see and not give the gospel. You know, I have watched some of these uh, Hollywood movie stars and some of these uh, these shysters that get on TV and, uh, you know, they've got this Holy Spirit and, and they're trying to, they got this, all these people there and the guy comes up there and he just, ah! and they fall backwards. I, his, he should have used mouth wrench or something before he did that. <laughs> ah! And they fall back. Now, they already know somebody's going to catch them. I think they ought to just let them drop. So, no, I don't believe all this shyster stuff that goes on. And whenever they're healing somebody, oh, and they slap them upside the head. Do you feel that? Yes, I feel that. Like one guy came down there and he says, What's your, what can I pray for you for? He said, my hearing. He said, oh, Bobby slaps him on the side of the head. God help us healing. Oh. And then when he gets through, he says, how's that? He says, I don't know. It's not until Tuesday. As we're moving right along. You have to be careful not to believe all that slop you hear on TV. And don't you ever give them a dime. If I ever hear you give them one nickel, I'll flatten your tires. And then I hope that you'll die slow death over an ant pile. Big rant ants too. But Peter stood up in verse 14 and lifted up his voice with the 11. He said there, Look what he says, lifted up his voice. See, there's times whenever you just need to to talk. And there might be times when you might need to lift up your voice. maybe he preached his first sermon. You see, what's the difference between preaching and teaching? It depends on how loud you holler. You can talk and then you can get excited, I guess. But anyway, he says, he lifted up his voice and says, "Ye Men of Judea, men of Judea. But it also is a, a reference to the men of Israel. Because he's going to talk to all of them. Because even in Joel, when he refers to it, he says in verse 15, These, these men are not drunk, as you suppose, but the third out of the... It's only nine o'clock in the morning, what do you mean? He says, this is that which was spoken by Joel the prophet. In other words, Joel the prophet talked about something like this. Now, this is not the total fulfillment of... Joel's prophecy in chapter 2. Because you go back and you read Joel chapter 2, now he's talking pretty much the same kind of people, but the total fulfillment of that prophecy has not been fulfilled. It wasn't fulfilled in Christ's day or in this day of Pentecost. But they did have the Holy Spirit. And they were able to speak in various languages. And he says that he was going to pour out these things. But look in verse 19. And I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath and blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. That didn't happen not then, see. This last part of it, that's going to take place in the tribulation period. I think the first part of it too. It's going to be a, a duplication. It's going to happen in its fulfillment during the last part of the tribulation period. Because the sun, yeah, it's, it's going to be dark. And the moon's going to turn into blood. That's going to happen at that time. When? Right before the great notable day when the Lord comes back in power and great glory. So, see, that's going to take place. But the part that you and I need to be sold on is what was the purpose of all of this? As he says in verse 21, and it shall come to pass, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved and so even though it refers to an Old Testament thing and yet they had just heard all this wonderful works of God but God still uses a man to preach the gospel and a man under the control and the power of the Holy Spirit to tell the most wonderful story in all the world whereby you and I can be saved see that's the purpose of everything that's ever happened this was a great moment great experience. But see, this day has never been duplicated again. When Christ came into the world as born of a virgin, that date and that birth has never been duplicated. Christ dying on the cross has never been duplicated. It'll never happen again. You see, these are copyrighted. They're copyrighted. Nobody can claim authorship. Nobody else can do this. The Holy Spirit came 50 days after the resurrection of Christ, right on schedule. This day will never be duplicated. Oh, they can have a lot of more Passovers. They'll have these feasts forever. But this event will never take place again. So you don't have to worry about having a Passover. Not what the Word of God's talking about, which is the birth of the church when the Holy Spirit came into the world. Now, the next big event that's going to take place, and it's been almost 2,000 years, it would be what we call the rapture. And once that happens, it'll never happen again. It's a one-time event. Now, I wasn't here for this one, or this one, or this one, but I would like to be here for this one. When the Lord comes in the air and those who know Christ as Savior are caught up to meet the Lord and so shall we ever be with the Lord. But the Lord says that all this is done so that anybody, whosoever, will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It means all you have to do is recognize you are a sinner. And the reason Christ came and the reason he died was to pay for all of your sins. Well, if he paid for all of your sins, why should you go to hell if he paid for them? The only reason you'll go to hell is because God said you will not believe he did it for you. You see, if you'll believe he did it for you, then he'll put that payment to your account. God only wants in heaven those that believe it. Will you believe it. There's no trick to it. There's no gimmick to it. I can't save you, but I can't keep you from getting saved either. And if you will trust Christ as your Savior, God gives upon the authority of His word, you will have eternal life, and you will go to heaven whenever you die. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. But the wallet represents sin, all the bad things that we do. Now, God says that he, He loves us. Now, He hates what we do wrong, but He loves us. And He says the wages of sin is death. Since we've all sinned, then we're all condemned. And so we all have to die. And we're going to be eternally separated from God in a literal fire burning hell. Understand that. But God, because He loves us and wants us to go to heaven, says we have to be perfect as righteous as God and none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We're all sinners. And the Bible teaches us that we cannot save ourselves. If I could, why did He die? Why would Christ have to die to pay for my sins if I can earn my way to heaven by being good? God says, you can't. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done. He says, be not found having your own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. See, this hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us and he hates our sin. Our sin separates us from the Lord. So the Bible says that Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to pay for sin. But because of his love for us, he took all the sin of all the world upon himself and paid for it, came back from the dead. And God says, if you or I, if we would believe that he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account. We get to go to heaven on what he did. God says, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. So can you know you have eternal life? Oh, of course. I know I have eternal life. I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. Because 51 years ago in a little old living room, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, as my only hope of going to heaven. Best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around. If you are here today and you never really trusted the Lord, maybe you've heard about it but just never understood. I'm not going to have you stand up or come forward. I wouldn't embarrass you for anything in the world. You see, there's nothing that you really have to do to go to heaven except just believe the message. Would you believe that when Christ died, he died for you, that he paid for your sins? See, if he paid for them, you don't have to. But the payment's not going to be put to your account unless you believe he did it for you. Would you believe it? I'm going to ask in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know. And I do want to know. I want to know. I want to know if what I said made sense. I want to know if you really understood. I want to know if you will trust Christ as your Savior. I'd like to have prayer for you in closing. But I'm not going to have you stand up or sign a card or do anything. But right where you're sitting, if what I said made sense to you, and you say, Preacher, that made sense to me, and I want to be certain of going to heaven And this morning, I will accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you just slip in it very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Yes, God bless you. Anyone else? Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We ask your blessings upon each one. Help us as we study your word that it will make sense to individuals and be a blessing to them. And Lord, we know that there's many that are not able to be here today because of sickness or illness and surgeries and we just pray that you bless them and heal their bodies and help them be recovered to good, strong health. We commit this day to you and this service. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.